welcome back to the Bug and Rug podcast. As always, my name's Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And again, we're bringing you another story that may or may not keep you up a night from a new house that we just moved into that may or may not be haunted, but only time will tell. Only time will tell, and... I'm going to ignore the idea of this possibility until after we at least have a good sage smudging. A sage smudging? Is that what it's called? Scientists and experts have yet to agree. I'm smoking them out. I'm smoking them out. I'm just saying we should cleanse the house before we make any assumptions about it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, since we moved in, Caitlin and I have basically determined that... If there was a ghost in the house, we wouldn't know. No. Uh, a couple pictures have fallen, and I'm going to be honest, I have just... It didn't unnerve me in any way because I just com- complained to Whitney that we had bad command strips. They just weren't sticky enough. Those command strips weren't sticky enough. The things that go bump in the night around here, probably cats. Probably the cats. Probably Statistically the cats. <laughs> speaking, I would say we probably have more cats than ghosts. Now, can I confirm this? No. no. Next time that our parents come, I will have dad bring the ghost hunting kit just in case. But I'm also nervous that the ghost hunting kit may... Or may not keep us up at night. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Open a portal. <laughs> to, straight, uh, straight to hell. I don't think the kit will open a portal. I don't think that... It'll the, open up that line of communication. Or do we just need a Ouija board for that? What you're saying is using a ghost hunting kit in this house could be like extending a hand yeah. to something that maybe we don't want to help right. enter this world. <laughs> I see what you're saying. The fact that we're talking about this out loud in such a jovial manner may or may not piss off any fear <laughs> that does live, reside here oh God, with us. Not. Yeah. Did you be honest with me? And no, then I'm I'll nervous. be and then I'll be honest with you. When we moved in at any point in time when you were alone in this house, have you been like, listen, if you are a ghost here and you can hear me, we good. We chill. Um no, I haven't spoken out loud because I have been too tired to mm-hmm. even be, mm-hmm. you know, walking around thinking about that. Um, but I will let you know that every time I do go downstairs, I will either turn the light on or I will sprint up the stairs as fast as I can. To be fair, I did that at mom and dad's house. Yeah. When it was built, they built it. So it's not necessarily as... Well, Indian burial grounds can be anywhere. And everywhere, if we're being (laughs) honest. Um. Yeah. So... I mean, they thought the movie, they thought the house in the poltergeist was safe and it was in a suburban area. That's absolutely true. It wasn't. And, and I bring that up because I do feel like I find myself doing that sometimes. Not necessarily here. Like, I don't know if I've actually had that moment here, but sometimes subconsciously if I'm somewhere by myself. Like, uh, when I used to um, basically help out that older lady down yeah. in Lewisburg, mm-hmm. I'd go to her house and I'd do her laundry and I'd cook for her and I'd clean for her or whatever. Sometimes I'd be like, you know what? Just in case there is a spirit listening. Right. Um, I mean, you know, harm. I mean, you know, harm. I know like you probably have been here longer than I have. It's really chill. Now to be fair, that lady had schizophrenia and would talk to herself all the time. Right. And when she heard me say that one time, she goes, honey, who are you talking to? Right. And I was like, fair enough. Fair enough. Absolutely no one. But the reason that I do that mm-hmm. is because 
Grandma Kay. Yeah. You know this story, yep. right? So mm-hmm. Grandma Kay, her house, she always said there was a spirit that lived there. And one time our cousin Haley went over and the sewing machine turned on on its own. And mm-hmm. she said, listen, I'm allowed to be here. Grandma told me to come over and pick something up for her, which was true. Yeah. And it's okay. Like, I mean, you know, harm. Like, I'm allowed to be here. It's mm-hmm. okay. And then the sewing machine turned off. Yeah. I think this only works if you're not dealing with, like, malevolent spirits, though. But because how do you Because if someone's know? there to, like, kick your ass, like, I don't think they're going to care. Yeah, but you it's don't always know good, that. Right. It's always good to extend a hand, though. Like, might as well cover all your bases. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, that is also a reason that we have had a little iffy uh, up uploading schedule. Because we have been moving and we have been... Because the ghost has been deleting our audio files. Yes, because we moved into a new house. We actually recorded several episodes yeah. and they just got deleted by the poltergeist. It was wild. It was wild. It was weird. We had like full-length episodes edited by a professional for once. Yeah. With, Lost you know, all my money on that. <laughs> we spent a ton of money on it. We had the worked on it for weeks. being myself. Shh. <laughs> No, these are the files. These are the lost files. Right, that you'll never hear. This episode actually is going up as episode 105 because <laughs> everything in between I refuse to believe doesn't exist. <laughs> and, okay, interesting. Well, in my mind, it's episode 99, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> 99 podcast episodes in the computer. 99 podcast episodes. The ghost deletes one. We have to start over 98 podcast episodes. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. I love it. So since we are nearing our 100th episode of the Bug and Rug podcast, I've decided to brainstorm a few places we could visit in order to celebrate this milestone. Now, I know COVID is a thing, and we don't want to get trapped. A what? <laughs> we don't want to get trapped. What is this COVID? What is COVID that you speak? What, the, what in the Davy Jones is a salad? But I figured we could brainstorm nonetheless. Yes, I realize that we will most likely stay home and watch Taskmaster, but at least the options will be there. To be gubbity goo. (laughs) Part (laughs) own? No, I see that I have rendered you speechless (laughs) with my generosity. (laughs) What? Being even. You know, being the generous sister that I am, I have several options laid out that I am going to allow you to choose from. I know you're on a roll, but I have a question that might need to be our intro. Yeah? You know how you say, say it with your chest. <laughs> yeah. Where does that come from? Um, I don't know. There is a cartoon that I haven't seen, so I don't know what it's called, but it's an old man. And he's like, now, I know that you've something, 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 but I can't hear so well. So I'm going to have to say it again. I'm going to have to have you say it with your chest. <laughs> okay, so it does exist, right? We didn't yeah. make that up. No, I don't because think so. Because Ramya... Went, I don't know if that is where it's originally from, but right. that's where I've heard it from recently. Well, that is something I need to find out because Ramya on rounds has been... She talks very quietly. Yeah. Because she's just soft-spoken. And I've turned to her twice and said, say it with your chest. <laughs> say it with your chest. And she just looks at me today and like goes, crazy. Whitney, what does that mean? <laughs> Um, after thorough research, we have discovered that we do believe that it is from a Kevin Hart skit that we watched multiple times because we did have it on DVD. Yeah. 
So I'm assuming that's where. But stick with your chest. I think it means like if you're confident, it's like stick your chest up. Yeah, and hold be your confident. Head high. Like say but it. If you stick your chest out, you you speak. It's like speak from your belly or like yeah. speak from your. I don't know. You know what I mean. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. Now I'm gonna start saying these things with my chest, so I no longer be interrupted by you. We didn't have. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> You could have left. You could have put that at the beginning and pretended like I didn't interrupt the whole podcast. <laughs> no, no, no! It's okay. you hear that? Go, 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 go. That's the sound of you hitting me with the bus. <laughs> oh my god! Where are you getting that from? Where are you getting that? What is that? TikTok from something. I don't know. My brain is mush. Anyway, I'm going to give you three options for us to celebrate our 100th episode at. A location. Location, location, location. Location, location, location. I think the most important thing about this episode is going to be location, location, location. And and fair warning, father, I did not look up how to pronounce any of these words. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. We may have done this 99 times. 99 times in... 99 problems in pronunciation is all of them. most of them. <laughs> all of them. So, the first place that I'm giving to you as an option, behind door number one, um, we could visit the Trovance of Romania. Have you heard? Have you heard? So, our mother... Oh, oh wait. Did, did they tell you about <laughs> my neighbor? <laughs> so, our mom actually remem- uh, remembered. Our mother actually recommended traveling to see the Trovance or... Living Stones of Costesti, Romania. Now, the word Trovant was first seen in a piece of work called the Tertiary in Altinia by G.H.M. Mergosi, and it is derived from the German words Sandstein Concretion, which translates to sandstone concretion or cemented sand. I could have told you that. Right. I mean, sandstone concrete. <laughs> so the name describes exactly what they are. These are stones with a sandy outer layer. This outer layer acts as a pseudo shell for the hard stone center in the middle. Now, these may sound like regular rocks to you, but those who have witnessed these rocks are convinced they are special. These stones seem to multiply, move, and even grow on their own. Sorry, we're going to have to back up. Yeah. Hard rock. Yeah. Brittle outside. Sure. Multiply? Oh, it's a flying, multiplying, electrifying (laughs) dire bear. Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. So, wait. Romania. We're yeah. going to. We could go to Romania. We could go to Romania. And uh, I'm going to Romania, and I'm taking with me yes a sandstone concrete rock. Well, Big. we're not taking it there. We we could be taking going to one Romania, from. and I will visit a large rock with yes. a brittle outer layer. Yeah. Who people think they multiply and yeah. grow. Yeah. Not that they like break apart and there become more of them because it like well well come on we'll get there like now <laughs> you're stealing my thunder now travis if you drop jelly on the table and would you just hack at it with a knife it would split it too 
<laughs> okay, 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 okay. So those who have tracked these quote-unquote behaviors say that the cylindrical streamlined shaped stones will begin to form small outgrowths that will eventually fall off of the mother stone to create baby stones. Now the baby and mother stones can differ in size greatly from weighing a few grams to several tons, being a couple inches to being several meters big. So there's a wide variety that we can see when we go there. You let me know when you're done and I'll let you know I'm going to tell you right now I've already solved this puzzle, but you continue. I'll allow you to continue, and then you are welcome to let me know when you're ready for me to tell you what these actually are. Right, okay. So as individuals return to see this birth, quote-unquote, they swear that the rocks themselves are also traveling short distances. Now, this has been measured, and it's roughly 2.5 millimeters in two weeks, every two weeks. Interesting. Um, I'm not finished. Oh, that's okay. I stuck up another <laughs> finger. Let me finish. That's let me fine. finish. That's fine. I'm going to let you finish, but. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish, but I do have two fingers held up to remind me of the two bits of information I'm going to use to tear you to the ground. <laughs> I didn't think and this was a like, roast. <laughs> oh, we, not so, yet. <laughs> the people who visit also see these stones grow. So strange rings, which resemble those of trees, form within the rocks as the stones get bigger, which some think reveals the trovans' ages, kind of like trees. Now, there is a specific museum in Costesti, which sells these small baby stones to tourists who can then go home and plant them, and some of them later reveal that they have grown, and some of these stones have grown more than 10 meters in height. Now, before you argue with me... I'm not arguing. Some experts that have studied these rocks say that these miraculous events are not necessarily an indication of life. Rain in the area is rich in a mineral known as calcium carbonate. When heavy rain showers in the area land on these trovins, the mineral is then absorbed and combined with chemicals already found within the stones. This combination creates a reaction and pressure inside makes the center of the rock sort of inflate. At least that's what's theorized. So the sandy outer layer, which is not as strong as the center, will then start to chip away potentially causing them to drop quote-unquote babies and to sometimes move in order to regain balance since they're going to, you know, get bigger maybe on one side rather than the other. I've put up a third finger, but you can continue. <laughs> now, even though these behaviors of the trovans are explained, some scientists even claim that this isn't the whole story and that we're missing facts, people. Well, have they called Paul Harvey? <laughs> I'm Paul Harvey, and this is the rest of the story. If you haven't called Paul Paul Harvey, yeah, uh-huh. If you haven't called Paul Harvey, of course you don't have the rest in the story. What did you think was gonna happen? Huh? Uh, I got him on speed dial, actually. Here he is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey for the rest. Now, the rest of the story is that many think that the Trovans are actually capable of breathing, a single breath lasting from three days to two weeks. 
Others have even stated that they have detected a pulse on the rocks using mm. super sensitive equipment. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, those who believe that the stones are living theorize that they came to the surface from maybe a secluded underground world that we're not sure about. Mole people, who's to say? Um, because a violent earthquake some six million years ago did push these stones or the material that make these stones up to the surface of the earth. That is true. That is how we got these, you know, stones. Living or not, these trumpets are clearly fascinating to see. There are several other places we could go besides Romania, including Russia, Kazakhstan, and the Czech Republic, although Romania is the most famous for these trumpets or living stones. Now, I do see you have five fingers. <laughs> Are you these are, are just him? Are you waving at me? Or I know this is a big commitment to make mm-hmm. going on a trip here, mm-hmm. so I will take your questions now. Good because my hand is raised. All yes. fingers, five fingers. Uh, they have a pulse. That's because we got a finger on the pulse <laughs> of the situation. I just thought that was a little. <laughs> the next thing was what? Uh, one more. Uh, so do you want the ne- you want serious one no, next, tell me or all. do you want whatever order you want to well, give what me? What order do you want? I'll save the one for last. Uh, cacti. Okay. It's a cactus. The rock mm-hmm. made out of sandstone. They say it's made of. They say it's made of sandstone. <laughs> they say that. Good. I I think it's some type of cacti or coral in the sense of oh. it like grows a paddle and then slides it off. Coral, I would believe a little more. What? Doesn't coral have to be underwater? That's your though? opinion. <laughs> And I don't know. It's land coral. Okay. There. I've solved it. Is it um, just a boulder? It's, it's a, a rock. rock. A large boulder the size of a, a small, small boulder. boulder. I didn't even think of that the whole time. I was no. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here. That wasn't even one of my fingers. Okay. That I had up. Sure. Stalactite stalagmite situation. Theoretically, yes. Because the rain, if like, it comes down, that's how stalagmites and stalactites right. are made. The dripping water. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. No, you don't have to. Listen, you're acting like you're validating me. I know that these are true. Hang on. Stalactites. There's one more. There's one more important one. Hmm. You put one up at the birth of rocks. Was that the cactus paddle one? No, no, no. The rings were the cactus paddles. Yeah. Like, more like a tree. No, I already had a finger up. Cactus paddles, stalactites. There's one. Pulse. Oh, moving in between. Yes. Oh, I did the pulse. We right. Well, I'm covered just naming that. stuff that you. The measurement of how much they move. Yeah. Human error. <laughs> slash. If they have more than one per- person measuring it. Human I don't. Error. <laughs> Listen. If more than one person. 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 Jesus. That's it. The explanation <laughs> is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Fifth and final? No, 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 no. I'm back to that. Oh. Human error. Yeah. Uh, if different people are measuring, then so many millimeters. I don't... Yeah. That's nothing. Sure. The last one, which I'm considering it related to what we're talking about. Yes. But I, the idea did pop into my head, and I just want to get this out loud so that I can cleanse myself of it, is... Black battles on Festival Paul Harvey versus... Dr. Phil. And I don't know why Dr. Phil, but that's what came into my mind. Is Paul Harvey, the, is he 60 minutes? 
I don't know. The rest of the story, is that what that mm. is? Maybe. I don't know. Are you versus to... Dr. Phil? Why wouldn't you do Dr. Phil versus, like... No, 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 no. The point is Paul Harvey, and right. I don't even or know who Paul Harvey compare. versus Paul Revere. <laughs> Paul Harvey versus Paul Revere. Oh, you've heard it here, folks. That's our next request for epic right battles of history. You uh, seem unconvinced. No, I like it. I never said anything. So that's our first option to go to. Wow. You seem unimpressed by them. Uh, it's not that. It's just I refuse to believe that they're living. Wow. No, 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 no. I refuse to believe that they're just rocks. Ooh. Like they're absolutely living in some way. <laughs> like coral is probably the closest thing to like. Yeah. True. Sure. Again, unless, I'm not a geologist. Unless you actually have Paul Harvey on speed dial, we aren't going to know. You're right. You're absolutely right. So it's a contender is what I'm hearing. We should ask Hank Green. We should ask Hank Green. <laughs> so uh, behind door number two is the Derwiz gas crater in Turkmenistan. These aren't like actual short trips that we could book a flight to currently. Oh, we, I mean. Is COVID. We could. The borders What are, are you open. saying? We'd have to get a lot of COVID tests. <laughs> well, right. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure about COVID, but, but, but we could plan future, future trips. Now, the Derwiz gra- grass crater, the Derwiz no, no, gas no. crater is in the middle of the Karakum Desert near the village of Darvaza or Derwiz, which is about 260 kilometers or 160 miles north of Ashgabat, which is the capital of Turkmenistan. Now, I go back and forth between Darvaza and Derwiz. It was just the name given to the nearest village. Some say it's one thing, some say it's the other. I think it's just a pronunciation thing. So the Derwiz gas crater is one of the largest gas reservoirs, reserves, or reservoirs, I guess, Hmm. in the world, having a diameter of 70 meters or 230 feet and a depth of about 20 to 30 meters, 66 to 98 feet. Now, the boiling mud and orange flames, which bubble up to the surface, led the locals to nickname the crater the Door to Hell. Hell yeah. Now, (laughs) hell yeah. Now, although stories surrounding the original discovery of the Door to Hell are unclear, geologist Anatoly Bushmankin stated that the site was identified by Soviet engineers in 1971 who thought that it would be a substantial oil field site. After beginning to drill into the ground in order to assess the quantity of oil available, the ground did collapse beneath the rig, pulling the rig in with it. Luckily, no casualties were recorded. This did open up a crater that started releasing poisonous gases into nearby towns. Now, in order to contain the gas, the engineers decided to burn it off because they thought, you know, we'll burn it off. It'll take a few weeks. Um, But unfortunately for them, the crater has burned nonstop for approximately 50 years now. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no. So they set a gas. They set a huge... Listen. (laughs) Um... (laughs) You know how they say, like, not to smoke next to... <laughs> Night, don't smoke while you're pumping gas. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But, 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 hear me out. If you did accidentally set fire to the gas station, mm-hmm. it would eventually burn itself out. 
You know how they say <laughs> not to smoke next to like the main gas line in town? <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Ever. You haven't heard that one? Oh, tale as old as time. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, Turkmen President Ker Benguli Berdimukhamidov mm, <laughs> issued orders for local officials to find a way to put out the fire in 2010. Doing to growing concern that the fire was drawing in and burning off gas from nearby drilling sites. So here's the problem. <laughs> here's the problem. What they thought was, it's just a small oil pocket, gas pocket. So we'll light it on fire and we'll burn it off. It is clearly not that. Oh, he stepped on the, oh, how the turntables. <laughs> so eventually what they realized was there are other pockets of mm. gas, natural gas, that is flowing into this crater, and that is what has kept it aflame. So this order was issued because they were nervous that there was too much gas that they needed mm-hmm. going into this crater. Although, upon further research, this turned out not to be true. The order was not followed through with after determining that the door to hell was most likely not really affecting the country's exports of natural gas as much as they thought. Because mm-hmm. um, that's Tur- one of Turkmenistan's major exports is natural gas. So they were concerned about this. So they've just let it, mm-hmm. let it go. So in 2013, National Geographic explorer George Coronis, not coronavirus, it's spelled differently. Coronavirus! Put on a heat reflective suit and a Kevlar climbing harness and became the first person to go inside the door to hell. Absolutely not. He collected soil samples at the bottom of the crater, which later revealed that extremely heat resistant bacteria have made the door to hell their home. Once out from the pit, he stated in an interview, quote, when you first set eyes on the crater, it's like something out of a science fiction film. You've got this vast, sprawling desert with almost nothing there, and then there's this gaping, burning pit. The heat coming off of it is scorching, the shimmer from the distortion of it wrapping around the air. It is just amazing to watch. And when you're downwind, you get this blast of heat that is so intense that you can't even look straight into the wind. During the same year, President that I previously stated, created a state nature reserve in the Karakum Desert that covered an area of 220,000 acres, which included the Derwiz Crater. So they are now hoping that it's going to be like a little touristy spot. Now, they are hoping that it's going to be a touristy spot. However, there is not a perimeter fence Mm-mm. set up around Absolutely the door. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There isn't. There's no fence whatsoever. It's a big gaping crater. It is. There's absolutely no fence. (laughs) Now, the assumption to... The assumption is that the door to hell will burn for a long time unless stopped due to the natural gas continuously seeping into it. However, other witnesses of the pit claim it has an almost supernatural aura surrounding it. Mm -hmm. It takes your breath away, said Gonzel Yazukulivia, a 34-year-old visitor from the Turkmenistan capital of Ashgabat, quote, you immediately think of your sins and feel like praying. So my question is, who is to say that the devil isn't the one enticing people to fight to keep this crater aflame? People wanted to burn? 
Maybe. Burn, baby, burn. Disco Inferno. <laughs> that was one of my burn, fine figures. Disco Inferno. Also, we didn't start the fire. It was always burning since yes, the yes, world's yes. been turning. Uh, Disco Inferno is definitely on Dance Dance Revolution. Right? Probably. I don't know. Okay. Uh, do you think that people who have a lot of gas go there and just say... <laughs> Was it me? It was the crater, <laughs> right? Must be the crater. Like, gosh. Oh, or Steve. do you, if you fart too near, if you fart too close to it, the flames like kind of come up closer to your butt, yeah, so everybody can see it. I don't think that our body gas is more flammable than the gas that's already there. But yeah, maybe. but it's like a little sputter, like a little. Puff. Uh, you know how people? <laughs> I don't know that people actually do this. I don't even know if this is a real thing. Like, if you um, were to fart in a jar and leave it to somebody as a present. If you've ever farted in a jar and give it to somebody as a present, please reach out to us and let us know. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I mean, yes. I'm, I've never known somebody to do that, but... That's literally what this guy... He went down into the crater and just, I feel like, was like... Here it is. Here's a jar with a lid on it. Yeah. There's I gas, got the gas in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was what... Oh, there's a butt... Oh, he caught it. Good. Um, the last finger that I had up was these bacteria... Yes. ...that he um, collected... Yeah. Are within this nature preserve. So they are technically a protected species. species absolutely. He should be jailed. <laughs> Actually, um, there's a little more information on that if you're super interested. It basically said are that. Are they tortoline? Tor- torta- tourmaline? Not tourmaline. Are they water bears? No, I don't think so. I don't know. I didn't read too much into it, but it basically said that. Are they are they tortellini? No, he did not find pasta at the bottom. Um, it, it basically went into a little more detail about how these bacteria have helped the scientific field study more about tardigrades. organisms that can survive in extreme. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tardigrades. Sure, maybe. Oh, but they did. That does remind me, actually. They did say that it has actually helped them study um, how bacteria could survive in such extreme elements such as space. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. Tardigrades. Yeah. Water bears. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe. I said tortellini. Tortellini. Yeah. Actually, Pasta I said Pasta tor- is not a bacteria. At mm. least I hope not. I said tourmaline first. Right. Wrong adventure zone arc. Yeah. No. No. Right, right? arc. Yeah. Wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> all Wrong all the way down. Hey. Hey. Gas crater all the way down. A gas crater all the way down. So that is... Door number two. Door number three. So, so far my choices are between land coral and a place where I can fart and blame it on nature. (laughs) Both. It's a tie right now. (laughs) So far, excellent choices. Now, the third place we can visit is called the Bolton Strid, which is in Yorkshire, (laughs) England. Yep, yep, you're laughing now, but... All right, another geography lesson for us. Now, the River Wharf flows for approximately 65 miles, beginning at the confluence of Greenfield Beck and and Outershaw Beck at the Yorkshire Dales National Park, and it continues into the River Ouse near Cawood. 
So if you don't know what a confluence is, because I had to look it up, so if that sentence is confusing, basically, um, Greenfield Beck and Outershaw Beck are two streams that come together. That's what a confluence is. Mm-hmm. And they flow at the Yorkshire Dales National Park. That's where the River Wharf begins. And then it continues to this place near Kawood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They meet up. They turn into they the river. They meet up, turn up to the river. Now, it forms a natural barrier between North Yorkshire and West Yorkshire as it snakes along the floor of the Worth, Worthdale Valley. Sorry, my computer screen is cracked. Uh, some of the words I'm messing up is right where the crack is. <laughs> excuses, excuses. Now, this river is important, providing water for domestic commercial irrigation and hydroelectric, hydroelectric purposes. It has many jobs from... It has had many jobs from supplying water to the lead mines from the 17th to 19th centuries to supporting large-scale farming as of right now. That's what it's doing now. It is such an expansive river that many individuals come from all around to engage in social activities along its banks. So it's actually like a really beautiful scenic place that people will come to just like hike or, you know, it's go and have a picnic or um there's like 200 bird species that live along the river so if you want to do bird watching like it's just a really pretty place to kind of go and hang out at least most from what i've read i haven't been there now one impressive part of the river is an area where in about 100 yards the 30 foot wide across flowing river narrows down to nearing less than two meters wow six feet okay so this particularly this particularly narrow section of the river in Bolton Abbey, Yorkshire, is known as the Bolton Strid. So this is the space that I would be taking you, or we would be going to celebrate that 100th episode. Mm. Now, it is so narrow, in fact, that visitors can easily jump from one bank to the other in certain areas and are often tempted to test the waters out with a swim because it's just a really pretty. It's a really pretty, if you look at pictures, it's kind of... In the middle of a forest, so think of like a national park or things like that. Uh, People go hiking there. It's pretty clear water. So if visitors did decide to fall into temptation and test out the waters, they would be completely going against the giant signs near the water's edge stating, quote, Danger. This pool is very dangerous. Submerged rocks. Diving, jumping, and swimming prohibited. And other signs stating, quote, Danger. The street is dangerous and has claimed lives in the past. Please stand well back and beware of slippery rocks. All right. So although the river seems harmless upon first glance, at this narrowing section, what individuals don't know is that the river doesn't necessarily get narrow in a sense that it just kind of squishes in on itself. It literally flips on its side underground. Oh, heck yeah. So the Bolton Strait is a piece of the river where the orientation changes and it begins to flow vertically instead of horizontally. So picture like an underwater waterfall, theoretically. Huh. Because all of the water from the largest part of the river must be forced through the narrow gap, this water will gain tremendous speed and depth Mm -hmm. flowing into an underground network of caverns and tunnels just below the river's bank. Mm Mm-hmm. No one knows how deep the Bolton Strid is because no one who has gone in has ever been able to come back out. Seven kids go into the water. Two kids come, come out, out of the water. water. Shark, shark eat the, the rest. rest. What? A shark? 
<laughs> There's no shark. Well, there could be a shark on the bull. I'm sure nobody knows. Nobody knows. Now, a supposed victim of the Strid was one William D. Romilly, the son of Lady Alice de Romilly. As they attempted to leap across the river banks in 1154, William slipped and perished in the stream. In her grief, his mother donated the surrounding land to establish the Bolton Priory Monastery, which is like a church, and I think at least the foundations are still there. His story is immortalized by William Woodsworth in his poem, The Force of Prayer. And I do have the poem here for you. This striding place is called the Strid, a name which it took of yore. A thousand years hath it borne that name and shall a thousand more. And hither is young Romilly come, and what may now forbid, that he perhaps for the hundredth time shall bound across the Strid. He sprang in glee, or what cared he, that the river was strong and the rocks were steep. But the greyhound in the leash hung back and checked him in his leap. The boy in the arms of Worf, and strangled by a merciless force, for nevermore was young Romilly seen till he rose a lifeless corpse. Oh. So it is not known exactly how many lives the Strid has claimed, but it has been a popular popular destination for adventure seekers for Mm -hmm. centuries now. It, it's a beautiful place, so sure. people want to go. A couple of recorded deaths in 1998. A couple died at the river after being swept away in the current when the water level abruptly rose by over five feet in less than a minute. So they Ooh, just really had no chance. Yeah. It is also recorded that a child died in 20... I thought it was 2010, but I wrote 2012. So um, after accidentally slipping on the mossy stones of the water's edge... They were celebrating his birthday or someone's oh, birthday, no. and they went in to go get him. But basically, it was like, if you go in too, like, you're, you're not, not coming, coming back out, out either. Yeah. Oof. So these stories, along with the rumored 100% mortality rate for those unlucky enough to have to fall in, have made the Bolton Strid known as one of the most dangerous stretches of water in the world. For sure. Like, yeah. absolutely it is. So now that I've given you these three options, without seeing any pictures, okay. Do you have a preference for where we celebrate one hundred episodes? Um, I'm very clumsy. We know this. Yeah, the rocks might be the safest option. <laughs> rock- I mean, it's true. Honestly, like- the rocks are pretty cool to look at too. So. Oh, they're dumb. Like, it, easy. I fixed it. Yeah? You know how... You might not. If <laughs> you get a rash... Like, if you get a rash, you can draw a line around it... Sure. ...to see if it, like, spreads. Yeah. Hmm. We're just gonna take a Sharpie in the dirt? It doesn't have to be a Sharpie. <laughs> But yes. <laughs> Put a hula hoop around the rock. See if it moves or uh, grow. No, 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 no. Don't restrict the rock. <laughs> Not around the center of it. Around the base of it, you ding dong. Don't restrict its movement. It might not move. You spook it like that. <laughs> so you're saying we're going to take door number one. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Listen, I think they all sound above my pay grade as far as I'm very clumsy. Yeah. And 
The the third one is terrifying. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of those things like I'm I'm not jumping across it. No. One wrong move yeah. and you're gone. I'm nervous to jump across like tiny streams because the rocks are slippery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, not this. Um, I think it sounds very interesting mm-hmm. scientifically, but like no, I, I don't want to go there. The big canyon. The fact that they want it to be a tourist attraction, but there's no fence. <laughs> it just seems like one of those things where people are like... You, okay, but... If we but, build it, they will come. Uh, but it's me, more like the out, opposite. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Yellowstone does not have fences around all of their dangerous puddles of water. Their dangerous puddles of water? <laughs> Like the sulfa, sulfa pools? Yeah, it just says, like, stay on the boardwalk. It doesn't say... And then, geyser. <laughs> Is that what you mean? No, not the geysers. The pools of water that are, like, if you... It's acidic, and if you get in, you'll, like, die. And then, geyser. <laughs> but they could. A geyser yes. could pop up anywhere at any time. <laughs> oh, God. I think I'm not more nervous that a guy's just going to pop up underneath our house than a ghost is to haunt it. <laughs> I don't remember who says it, but I'm not going to lie. I thought quicksand would be a much bigger problem. It's John Mulaney. Some, yeah, it's John Mulaney. Quicksand, they th- we thought that would be a much bigger problem as an adult. When when you're a kid, you think quicksand is going to be a huge problem. Geysers? A bigger problem bigger than problem. people talk about. Bigger problem, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Do you think this story is going to keep you up at night? Or do you still think you'll be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug? I mean, I, the rock, moving rocks, a gas pit that is just constantly on fire, yes. and a death, a death, death water. <laughs> death water. That's what I'm calling it, death water. It'd be a great heavy metal band. <laughs> we are death water. <laughs> <laughs> and your thing is that like you look like you're oh my god you're like mermaids that have come you're mermaid people that have come out of the ocean <gasps> to sing heavy metal there, it's you're, not... si- you're like sirens but heavy metal <laughs> the cats are confused as to why we're recording and ignoring them <laughs> uh, I I think this is a very good story. It gives me a lot to think about. We have a lot of trip planning to do. I know. It might be several weeks before we post again if we're really <laughs> going to one of these places. It's a high... We'll go there in our minds. We'll go there, we'll go there in our minds. Oh, why didn't you say? Why didn't you say this was a psychic experience? Why did you not tell me I would have prepared? I'm going to hypnotize you. In VR, we're going to we're, we're going in VR. Yeah, it just seems it's just teetering on the edge of the crater of the Katorna. Yeah, me at that place. I can't even <laughs> pronounce the places that you said have said today, but they all sound equally like a place that we shouldn't go. But like, I kind of want. I kind of want you. Kind of want to, right? Yeah, you secretly want me to. It's kind of like. Yeah, but I mean, it's also like, hear me out. When you're hear walking, out, when dude. you're walking through the Grand Canyon, there's not really much fence there, either. Mm-hmm. So, and we survived that. 
Or I survived the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Give me a shirt. I did not. I, I went to the Grand Canyon, stood at the edge, did not fall over, tumble down to my death, and returned home in one piece. Hashtag survivor. <laughs> oh my goodness. As opposed to. I went to the gas pit and tried to look at the bacteria and yeah. caught myself on fire. Like, you tried what? to look at the bacteria. <laughs> I took my pocket microscope. I tried to free climb down, even though I've never rock climbed in my life. Yeah, no fire safety equipment. I took a fire extinguisher and just kind of blew my way down. Boom bang, rot ta ta. <laughs> Bingo bango, rot ta ta. No, 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 no. That's probably trademarked. <laughs> True. Yeah, because that big of a podcast is going to come after us. They hey, might. riddle, riddle. Sorry, we stole hey, your catchphrase. Hey, riddle, riddle. The gas pit in the coral rocks. <laughs> that doesn't even rhyme. That doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> Riddle and rocks, Whitney? <laughs> Why does it have to rhyme? <laughs> All right, I think it's... Hey, diddle, diddle. <laughs> you got some spittle. <laughs> and now we both look dumb. <laughs> Before we look even dumber. Um, If you've ever... Farted in a jar. <laughs> Farted in a jar. Give it to anybody as a gift. Let us know. You can email us. Uh, BIRpodcast at gmail.com. You can DM us and you can look at photos of these wonderful natural phenomenons and let us know where you want a vacation with us on our Twitter or Instagram at BIRpodcast. You can let us know on our Facebook. It's just bug in a rug. Reach out to us. Let us know. Um, you can see my resources if you want to learn more. BIRpodcast. No. Just kidding. Bugnarug.puppy.com. If you think we should have a flash mob at one of these places, <laughs> let us know which one. In the pit. In the door to the hell. Pit of despair. The pit of despair. <coughs> the pit of despair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, I think it's time to go. Thanks for the story. You're welcome. Signing off. I'm Kaylin. I'm Whitney. <laughs> Bye. Sleep tight. <laughs>